0: Would you like to attach a face to that voice? When you subscribe to the Book Interrupted YouTube channel, you get to see everybody, as well as check out a bunch of extra Book Interrupted videos and music content. Visit the Book Interrupted YouTube channel to see what you've been
1: missing. Parental guidance is recommended because this episode has mature topics and strong language. Here are some moments you can look forward to during this episode of Book Interrupted. It's tough being
2: called out by Malcolm Gladwell, though, sometimes.
1: Man
3: that's me <laughs> you know the guy who's hiding in his house with a bunch of guns who's afraid of everything yeah. so mm-hmm. what is the better option? things that are happening in their relationship if you've never met the guy you might
1: be like clear red flags but there there's a whole gender dynamic that i
0: don't think that he acknowledges i didn't see this book coming
4: i don't know what i thought it was going to be but i found it really hard to read
5: my body has
0: Mind, body, and soul. Uh, inspiration is uh, and we're going to uh, uh, on, uh, on book interrupted
1: Welcome to Book Interrupted, a book club for busy people to connect and one that celebrates life's interruptions. If you'd like to join along, this book cycle is from February 14th to April 3rd. It's Sarah's book pick, and we're reading "Talking to Strangers" by Malcolm Gladwell. Something is very wrong, Gladwell argues, with the tools and strategies we use to make sense of the people we don't know. And because we don't know how to talk to strangers, we are inviting conflict and misunderstanding in ways that have profound effect on our lives and our world. All right, so it's personal journal time. Let's see what the members of Book Interrupted thought outside the group. Talking to Strangers, my book pick. Malcolm Gladwell never disappoints. It's just a great book. He makes you question things that you, like beliefs you have and think are completely reasonable and common sense. He kind of turns everything on its head. I really like how he basically starts off the book saying that nobody knows anybody. <laughs> I, re- like, I feel like I'm a really bad judge of character. Like, I don't, I always kind of, I don't want to say I always see the good in people, but I have a hard time seeing like alternative motives and stuff like that. Sometimes, you know, people would say I'm like naive. So I like that he basically says we all are. (laughs) It's like 50-50 chance. (laughs) So I really enjoy that. You know, the whole blacking out thing I found was really interesting. I also found really interesting how it doesn't matter the weight of women compared to men on how much they drink, that we have a lower tolerance for alcohol. I thought that was really fascinating. I'd never heard anything like that before. I also like, I'm almost done the book, the whole, you know, they're talking about interrogating people and how the information you're, you are able to obtain in a stressful situation. It's not accurate information that you can't maintain your memory properly under stress. So interrogation would never work. And I found it really, really fascinating how they had that drawing of um, before they were stressed that they went in and these Marines or something, these special ops people drew exactly what they saw. And then they put them under all the stress and then asked them to draw it and they couldn't. And they drew like children would draw. So anyway, all these things. Very, very interesting. I'm enjoying the book. I'm just enjoying how he always makes me think differently. It's like... Seeing the world through his eyes is wonderful because it kind of forces you to see the world in a different way and not always be so fixed. And I really love that about Malcolm Gladwell, that he reveals in a very knowledgeable way how the world works outside of what people would normally think is the way things are. Anyway, I love him so much. So I'm enjoying the book and I'm glad I recommended it, everyone.
5: I'm halfway through the Talking to Strangers book by Malcolm Gladwell. I decided to do it as an audiobook, which I highly recommend uh, because the author reads it. And I always like that when you can get an audiobook that's actually being read by the author. In particular, when the author does a super fantastic job of reading uh, their own book. That's super enjoyable. But like, I am in no space to comment yet on the book because his ideas, Malcolm's ideas are so fresh and new and different from what my mind wanders about and ponders about that I'm still like percolating on all this fresh new information that is coming in. I mean, it is an incredible book it hooks you like i don't want to stop listening to it because it is that fascinating and it looks at different people and different uh, significant events that have happened historically some from a while ago some more recent He brings in first-hand information to the best of his ability. So wherever he can actually have an interview with an individual, he's getting that individual to actually read or speak like that's who you're hearing. It's not just him reading over the quotations said by the people he's interviewed. Holy crap! It is just, it is mind-boggling and... First of all, how did Malcolm even think to explore this topic? Secondly, we really don't know a lot about strangers. I think what I could comment on so far is what it's really pointed out to me is how much assuming we do when it comes to our interactions with individuals who we don't know very well and it's kind of fun to be like shocked or surprised and re-examine like your own beliefs or behaviors yeah it's like you know i think that i have a fairly good grasp of like when someone is like lying to me or when like something's up like something is happening that not necessarily everyone is noticing and someone's words aren't lining up with their actions i previous to this book, used to pride myself on thinking that I had a pretty good ability to sniff that sort of stuff out. And now I'm like, I know nothing. I know nothing. I am just like the rest of the world. Like we just, we think we know people and we project so much of our own truths onto others that these really do act as blinders to us getting to better know someone's like intentions, and all that it is like, I'm kind of frustrated filming, (laughs) uh, this personal journal entry because it has forced me to hit pause on listening to more of the book. That's how good it is, folks. I highly recommend it again. I'm not all the way through it, but already it's five stars. I give it five stars. So I uh, can only encourage you, to pick up this book or check out the audio because it is unlike anything I have ever read. It's brilliant. I love it. Check it out. Talking to Strangers by Malcolm Gladwell. Uh, It's an excellent book.
4: I'm listening to it also as an audiobook. Malcolm Gladwell's excellent podcast, Revisionist History, is worth a listen if you enjoy his work. It's a fantastic podcast and the audiobook he's done he set up like a podcast as opposed to a classic audiobook so it's a real gem it's great to listen to uh, especially when the subject matter of this book is pretty heavy it's great learning and excellent case studies but they are real life events that are absolutely traumatizing and I'm at a particularly hard section of the book in chapter five where it's talking about the Jerry Sandusky case of sexual abuse of young football players he was a coach and just awful stuff just awful stuff it also deals with the nazar case of the chiropractor i believe and of gymnasts and a sexual abuse of young girls and the amount of people they have abused is just breathtaking and so sad and really just really hard to read about hard to listen about important and this is really well put together but it is just it is what it is so sometimes it's nicer to really i find sometimes it's easier to listen than read about i don't know maybe because like usually when i listen i'm like out in public and it's not as emotional um or i don't allow myself to get as emotional and it's just really hard topics, but it's really interesting learning, you know, the science and the, the way we understand other people. Apparently our radar is really off. I really enjoy the book, even though it's really challenging subject matter sometimes, but I'm really happy to be reading it. And the smooth vocal stylings of Mr. Gladwell are a pleasure, even if it's um, rough stuff. So I will keep at it, and I'll see you at the book report.
3: This is so weird that I'm dressed exactly the same, and the lighting is the same, and my hair is the same, everything's the same as my first personal journal. I don't know how I managed to do that. For anyone who didn't hear my first personal journal, there was a little question of whether I had already read most of the book before recording my first personal journal. Well, I'm going to let you in on a bit of a secret. Now, well, it's not really a secret anymore. Yeah, that was true. So, no, I was lying. Sorry. For any of you who thought that I was telling the truth, well then, see, this book just proved you wrong. What a fascinating book. I'm almost done. I'm actually I have one chap, no, not even a chapter left. <laughs> I'm really enjoying this book. What an interesting concept. He really puts together all sorts of stories of different things that have happened in history and how people have reacted to other people because they've perceived that they were lying or not lying, telling the truth. The idea of how, when we interact with strangers, We can't necessarily tell, you know, what they're doing, what they're thinking, if they're lying, if they're happy, if they're sad, because not everybody reacts the way, like, Friends, you know, if you're watching the Friends TV show and you can watch it without, he says we can watch it without music because, or any sound, because basically when they're happy they're smiling and when they're sad they're frowning and everything's very contrived of what we would expect for anger and all of the different emotions but in reality we all express emotions differently and somebody like amanda knox who's kind of a bit weird or different weird in the sense of just different shows her emotions differently all of a sudden people think she's lying and she's you know murdered her roommate and stuff because they, she didn't react the way that uh, society thought that she should react and I just found it interesting how he layered these different stories and talked about history and Hitler and you know and then like different things at the colleges with abuse and then he talks about Amanda Knox and he talks about alcohol and how alcohol Im- inhibits our way of, of remembering things and how that blocks a bit of your brain so that actually when you're blackout drunk you don't actually remember anything at all. Not that I've ever been blackout drunk before. In any case, what's just really interesting how he just pairs all these different ideas over and he builds them. So then it's talking about that study and about that I've referenced so many times, a study about how there was a teacher in the room and then the student would come in and a plant and the, pl- the teacher would leave and the plant would say, and they're doing a test and the plant would say, oh, let's steal the, the answers. And then something would happen, whatever, whether they stole them or not. And then they videoed all the people when they were asked whether they were lying or not and how they responded. And then they had people from different walks of life like police officers, like detectives, like, you know, students, all sorts of things, look at these different videos to see whether they thought that people were lying. And actually most people got it wrong. Even the detectives who are paid money to try to make, to see whether we're telling the truth or not, which is real damn scary. But yeah, there's just so many layers and so many things. I mean, sometimes I think he goes on weird tangents that don't really fit into his kind of thesis or idea. But I know it's culminating in the one story that it started with. So I'll talk about that in my book report. Yeah, that's about it. Really loving this book so far. Really interesting read. And yeah, so glad uh, that this was chosen as one of the book choices for this season. All right,
0: talk to you soon. Bye. This is my personal journal number two for talking to strangers. I just started it and I have mixed feelings. We were discussing earlier about all of the great Malcolm Gladwell books and all of the excellent stories. So I'm hoping this book will will turn into that again for me as well. The beginning is hard though because for me it's talking about things I just don't I don't want to say you don't care about, but like the stories right now that are that he's using are not the stories that resonate with me the most the CIA and you know Hitler it's kind of on history and even a little bit geography, and that's where I start to like my mind does not hold on to those details, so I can't even really speak. <laughs> Like, like I ever could. But like I was gonna say, I can't really speak eloquently about this topic for that lack of interest there. I do like, I guess the points that he's making are interesting, right? In the beginning of the book, it talks about how, you know, highly trained members of the CIA because they are who they are, thought they would know better than multiple lie detector tests that showed deception from the people that they thought that they knew. So I think that is interesting. And I am looking forward to see where this book is going to go. I'm hoping there will be more topics that resonate with me so that I feel more educated, I guess, to discuss them. Because right now the current story choices are outside of my areas of interest and therefore expertise (laughs) because I don't know more about things that I'm not really that interested in. So I'm hoping, I'm cautiously optimistic. I'm hoping that some of the info will get a little bit more interesting to me personally, but still in spite of the fact that the stories he's choosing to use to develop his point, um, not being the most interesting to me, I'm still basically enjoying the book. I'm only very, very beginning into it too. Perhaps this personal journal is a little premature, but I'm a rebel like that. So at the risk of speaking before I have enough information to actually form an opinion, I'm going to submit this personal journal and let's see what happens when I finally do my book report. We'll see. Maybe I have a complete 180. Although I'm pretty sure it's fairly diplomatic in this statement. So 180 would just be returning to this exact
2: same Me, 50-50. I don't know. Maybe, maybe. (laughs) Enjoy. I have a confession. I'm kind of ahead of the curve here and I have to do a personal journal because I'm just flying through the book. I'm really enjoying this book quite a bit. I quite enjoyed the part where it was talking about how good the Cubans are at espionage compared to the US. There's this whole part where they essentially humiliated the CIA and There's even like a a movie they made to humiliate them. And I just wonder if I can get a hold of that. So that was very interesting. This book also has some kind of hard to read portions that are, I found a little upsetting about children. I mean, yeah, stranger danger. Let's just go past that. But we talked about trauma in the last book. So let's not talk about that on, in this book right now. What else did I really like? It really uh, is pulling together a whole bunch of different ideas that we've talked about on this podcast already. Number one is talking about the work. I can't remember what the group was, but they looked at changes in you know facial muscles to see what somebody's emotions were and found later on that this is just cultural. It's not universal. And the expressions we make based on our emotions are a cultural thing. And he talks about in the book how friends all the expressions in friends is very like animated and so maybe too much tv has made it hard for us to read strangers because what you think you might look like when you're surprised is not necessarily the tv version of a surprised face what you actually do with your face is going to be kind of individual and kind of cultural so maybe that's one of the reasons that we're bad at reading strangers because we watch too much tv so you wonder now that there's even more screens and more consuming of media if we're just going to get even worse. We're not connecting with people in the same, you know, face-to-face ways we used to. I mean, I mean, I'm on a video, even this podcast, we, we connect through Zoom. That's partially because of geographical constraints, though. But are we just going to get worse and worse at understanding each other? Is that what's happening to the world right now? We just, we don't understand each other and other people don't understand us as well as we understand them. I love that part too. The illusion of, what's it called? Illusion of asymmetric insight. I love that. Anyway, I'm really really enjoying the book. I can't wait to read the rest of it. And now that I've recorded this personal journal, I think I can. It's definitely uh, made me look at myself because totally I do the same thing. You know, they say that like, when you meet a stranger, you have to rely on the things that you can see to try to understand them. And so that comes down to stereotype. And of course that comes down to implicit bias and all these things we've talked about before. So maybe this will make for some interesting conversation because we've all had an opportunity to think about those ideas on our own and together in last season. So thanks for picking
1: this book, Sarah. This is, I mean, it's Malcolm Gladwell, right? It's a good read. This interruption is brought to you by Unpublished. Do you want to know more about the members and Book Interrupted? go behind the scenes, visit our website at www.bookinterrupted.com.
5: Book Interrupted.
2: My interruption is a beautiful sunshiny day after many, many days of gray. And it really does affect my mood. So today I'm going to find a way to spend as much time as I can outside and just accept that the housework is going to have to wait.
5: Book Interrupted. Let's
1: listen in to this episode's group discussion. Welcome to Talking to Strangers group discussion, I guess. Yes,
0: maybe. Yes, Maybe
3: Talking it ass. is. Maybe it isn't. Oh, maybe
0: Sorry. it's Merkin Hour part two.
4: <laughs> Merkin Hour part two. <laughs> we a lot
0: about
4: that Welcome time. to Merkin Hour. <laughs> <laughs> we're all wearing one yes
0: let's change our weeklies to merkin mondays we're all wearing I can, one I yes. picked yeah. a blue yes. ones
3: to match kim so thank you <laughs> i was like you okay. too yeah
2: <laughs> um, okay sorry sarah go ahead talking to strangers no, we're here that's for it, it. We'll we're in
1: very interesting book yeah, does anybody want anything they want to jump into Ooh, right away?
0: I have a couple things, so I can go right away if, if people are not. Okay. So you know that thing? I can't remember what it's called, <laughs> but um, <laughs> it's that uh, human bias where you think that you know more about someone else than they might called. know about you.
2: Yeah. It's called the illusion of asymmetric insight.
0: I have that 100%. Yeah, I'm, I have it. <laughs> I don't think it's an illusion. That's how bad I
2: have it. Ah, that's great.
0: Yeah. I think people could know me too, like different things, but I'm confident in my knowledge of what other people may not know about themselves. Yeah. In spite of being told that it is an illusion. Not for me. <laughs> that's how deep in the illusion I am.
3: Readings and the idea that you... I feel like that. Yeah.
2: Look into people, but... It's tough being called out by Malcolm Gladwell, though, sometimes. Oh, I'm going to call him out. You're reading a book and you're like, man. That's me. That's me. Yes. Like, that's me a hundred. <laughs> yeah. Like, okay. <laughs> so no conversation for that no, one? No, okay. i like um, like, <laughs> what, what I like is everyone defaults
1: to people telling the truth.
2: Not everyone. Don't forget about the disagreeable guy. The holy fool. I'm totally a default the truth person, though, because I'm always like, maybe and I part of this I think is my inner voice from my mom in childhood which she'd just be like you know maybe think about that person might be going through something she she was always like maybe they're having a bad day or whatever and I totally did the same thing too oh they can't possibly be just doing this because of me Probably something completely different. Everything's fine. like, give them a benefit of a doubt. Like the benefit of a... the doubt. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
3: But I love, too, in the book, like he said, that it would be it, that that sucks because, yes, sometimes you're going to get screwed, basically. But If you didn't live your life like that, then you're going to be the permit, you know, the guy who's hiding in his house with a bunch of guns, who's afraid of everything. So Mm -hmm. what is the better option? So we default to truth and we trust people. That's great. And then we get screwed once in a while versus living your life always not trusting people? I don't know. That would Right. Like so it's like, you system. can't beat yourself up for
2: being fooled from time to time. Cause sometimes we're like, Oh, why didn't I know that person was lying or whatever. And you think hmm. sometimes we're hard on ourselves for a lot of being able to tell that that person was deceiving us, but then he makes a good point. So you're being like, you're saying, so you, so you got deceived every once in a while, but you would be miserable if you spent maybe, maybe miserable, but you might be miserable if you spent your whole life, assuming the other. Assuming more people, because the number of people who actually are deceiving is low.
0: Just trying to protect yourself. It's the same thing with love, right?
2: Yeah, I was just
4: gonna say that. Yeah. I don't, I can't speak for men, but I, I, I certainly see it a lot in girlfriends who default to truth. They don't see the, what I would, from an outside perspective, see as big red flags in the early dating. Now, maybe it's because their agendas are just to not be alone. Or, yeah, I wonder, I'm sure both sexes do that, but I wonder if one sex does it more than the other, because I'd say, do you think there's more highly disagreeable men than women? I don't think
0: it's about disagreeableness. I think that it's about self-esteem and lots of people oh. who ignore red flags in a relationship in the beginning of a relationship is because they're looking for that relationship to make them feel worthy. And Mm. I think it's either gender, depending on where their self-esteem is. I could wager a guess that maybe women more because of society, right? Yeah, I was going to say
4: society. Set up in the way that it is. You could be more... Group mentality. vulnerable to that or
0: something. But when people go Mm. into relationships looking for something from the other person that they can't give to themselves, that they should be giving to themselves, they're technically not in the most healthy position to enter a relationship.
1: I also think when you see red flags you see it from, I don't know know how well you know the person they're dating, but one of the things Mm. in the book I thought was interesting is that before they met people that were lying, they were like, well, the data shows clearly liar, but then they met them or talked to them on the phone and actually interacted with them in rather than just in the, the research of the behavior or the data, when they actually met the person, all of a sudden they defaulted to you know truth that they right. believe them even though they're like all the data says they're liar like that guy who did the the wall street thing that yeah clearly he's lying and he's doing all these shady things but he's and such he a cool him, guy like, or
4: something yeah he's but so, knowing, he's he's so chill.
1: chill yeah knowing them
2: makes right. me worse at being the tell Weather there. Right. Yeah. They didn't pull all difficult. the money
1: away from him. They yeah. kept, they kept some of it there. And they're like, why did just you in do case that? he like,
2: did have what? a magical
4: math
1: equation? Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. well, he, he, he couldn't
0: explain. <laughs>
1: but, so I think yeah. that might happen too. If you have a friend is telling you things that are happening in their relationship. If you've never met the guy, you might be like, clear red flags, but they're defaulting the mm. truth you're not because you're the outsider, right? There's also a bunch of other
0: variables that that, like affect the way that people receive people. There's studies in court cases where, you know, if you're deemed attractive, you're more likely to get a lesser sentence. I mean, Mm. this is part of what I want to talk about in this book too. Like, I don't think that he gives enough credit to how much race affects things and how much um, like oppression in general, specifically for women and minorities there's two major parts of this book where I'm like I get what he's saying but I don't I feel like he's necessarily ignoring a major component of why this is and yeah, so do you think that was an act of choice to not
4: touch that because he touched some I mean I feel like racy and r- rape
1: racial yeah, I mean, issues. he
3: does. He does talk about what Sandra Bland, and at the beginning and the end, and he talks about, like when they're talking about the court cases, about how somebody from a different country might react differently in a court, and a judge might... Um, might look at them and go oh well because they're they're not showing any remorse it means that they they don't they're not sorry but maybe someone from wherever they're from that being that stoic is the role that they're supposed to be playing in this situation but because in say america we think that you need to show certain emotion on your face and so we touched a bit on that about different cultures I think he
2: yeah I think he did bring it up but it wasn't like uh, I don't think he like it wasn't like beating you over the head with it or anything. I
0: didn't feel comfortable like when he was arguing for Brock Turner and the rape case and he was like oh, yeah. making his points totally based in like that equality. was a tough
2: chapter that was a right. tough chapter because he was like okay like this is obviously a big emotional subject for many people but I'm just gonna look at it in a, like a cold and calculated way I think that made that that chapter hard to read
4: I was gonna say I said this in my PJs I didn't see this book coming. I don't know what I thought it was going to be, but I found it really hard to read in the sense is like all this, I was like getting really depressed. It's like the world's so fucked up, <laughs> like so much bad stuff. And Cause it's, oh, it was a lot. It was a lot. It was like, especially after the, off the back of the last book, I was like, fuck <laughs> Come on, come on, Robin. Come on, what does the Robin know? know. What does the Robin know? Is (laughs) it something traumatic or is it... Yeah, I was just like, I didn't expect this book to be upsetting. I expected my book to be upsetting. I didn't expect this book to be upsetting. Yeah, I
2: kind of, I'm
1: the same with you, uh, Leah. Me neither. I had no idea it was going to be like talking about things like people being pulled over and murdered and put in jail and then suicide and then raping and it, the whole thing. I was like, what? Yeah. Did
4: anyone yeah, else do lot. the Audible as well? Because, or whatever, yeah. um, audio book. So yeah. he does it like his podcast and it's amazing. Cause it's like listening to his podcast and there's music and he uses the actual audio tape from a lot of these court cases mm. and the Sandra oh. Bland actual audio.
0: So it's, Ooh, I don't know if I whoa, it was
4: them. really upsetting. <gasps> it was so, oh my god it was it was it's Reading, really it good. was really what a hard.
2: way to make an impression though like so the book is more impactful that way because you're getting it's it was obviously so more good
4: yeah
0: but i feel like so with the brock turner case he's making his cold calculated p- point and for me i feel like essentially he's like neither one of these people is guilty or they both are because of drunkenness and whatever and i feel like that kind of a assessment Necessarily ignores society and how men are given permission to approach women. You know what I mean? Like there's a whole gender dynamic that I don't think that he acknowledges the way that it should be acknowledged in that assessment of that, like situations, like when he does that chapter to support his argument, which is default to truth and transparency and all the things that he's trying to talk about. I think that he he doesn't do it justice because he doesn't acknowledge gender roles and like the history of women's oppression and all of that stuff. That's what bothered me about that chapter. Like I got what he was saying. It's true. Yes. The human brain, a certain amount of alcohol, whatever. But like, I don't know. I just, I, it didn't, that's why it didn't sit right with me because I was like, there's a piece of discussion missing from this chapter. And I feel like it's on purpose because the simplistic point that he's trying to pull through the book which is like, we default to truth and we assume transparency. And this is why we can't like, this is why these things kind of happen. And that's not the only reason
2: why I guess. Right. The answer is not just stop drinking alcohol. It's also like the way that our culture's based that when people are drunk, they might engage in those behaviors. Whereas if the culture is different, that might not happen. Right. Um,
3: That was Mm -hmm. the top. That was the chapter about alcohol, right? Yeah. Yeah, That one felt like was totally out of place. I totally agree. That felt like a different book to me you were talking about all this stuff and then there was that and it felt I don't know it just felt weird like that I liked really like the book but that particular chapter I learned it was very interesting but it just didn't feel like the same book I
2: wonder if one of the reasons that all of us were just like no is because we're women I know
4: <laughs> so in the audio book he included clips from that her name escapes me but the young lady the victim. they called her Emily Doe in the book and they use audio clips of her in court and yeah uh, her closing statement which is Heart wrenching. Absolutely. Don't do it if you're upset by this book because, or wait till you're ready to listen to it. It is just like her, Megan, say, like, you've, ch- like, how you changed my life and I can't do anything by myself anymore and I never feel safe. And I-, I have a boyfriend and it jeopardized. Like, it was just so eloquent and horrifying that I felt like it really came across because I listened to that entire chapter. I didn't read it, came across really pushing her story forward it's so interesting now i have to go back and read that chapter to see how it's perceived differently but yeah, don't listen to it if you it it made you
1: instead of plan. listening to it
4: yeah maybe because that one i had switched totally to audio it was so good i practically didn't turn i didn't touch paper on this one they <laughs> well, did a little i touched a little bit of paper what uh,
3: kind of paper leah <laughs> yeah that money <laughs> i don't know <laughs> i don't know i was how like no. I was exp- I meant like this kind of paper. That's
4: but- what I was gonna say. About you. <laughs> I was gonna That's say where
1: but I, was
3: then going. I was like,
4: I don't. I was like, me. I don't know. I don't know how that'll come across. Apparently, this making it rain in a strip club, I thought was a better choice.
2: <laughs> I don't know what then to a say A little about marijuana. That. <laughs> yeah,
3: I exactly.
2: I really like the CIA part. I like the the Cuba just humiliating the U.S. They're like calculated, like. And then they made a movie. I was just like, wow, that's like next level. We're going to humiliate you. That took some planning. Wow. I love that. That just, I laughed out loud about that.
0: That was another thing too. Like, I don't, I default to truth originally, but it doesn't take me a bunch of stuff to, you know what I mean? Like he kind of described it as like, we default to truth until there's an overwhelming amount of evidence or something to do the other I default to truth and then if there's any whiff of anything then I'm then I turn into that guy that locks himself up with the guns until I can gather my evidence. I can be dualistic I guess cuz I can be like yeah it's fine like we're good but I remember that time that this thing happened and it's flagged for me. So anything else in that area like I'm gathering on I'm I'm consciously gathering I guess. Right. And I think that when he was describing it, maybe I misinterpreted it, but it felt like it was unconscious, default to truth, default to truth, default to truth. Like, like, let's explain things away, like benefit of the doubt, whatever. I'm more about like, I just need to have the tangible evidence. Right. So I'm not I'm no longer defaulting to truth. I might appear like I'm still the same old whatever. But if the tangible evidence makes itself tangible, then I will. Like you know what I mean, like. But maybe that's
2: to... like a combination of the illusion of asymmetrical whatever. Yeah, like yeah, a, yeah. The Maybe it's a combination people. of that, and also maybe like we're all kind of a little bit of a spectrum of the just like normal person and then the holy fool. Totally. Like, right? Maybe you just have a little bit more holy fool. Right. Or maybe again, this is like, oh, I understand what you did there, and I'm gathering evidence now or right. whatever. <laughs> like, right. maybe, like maybe like that, that was really issues. subtle, also, I but wonder, I noticed.
1: I also wonder there were people in the book that. We're determined that certain people are liars, but when they had to take it to the greater society, they might say, hmm, there's something I'm fishy with that person I'm watching, but to actually take an action, so that person has, uh, like accountability, right? They have accountability for their actions, or there's an investigation that you're backing it with your assumptions that's when people kind of back down. Like, do you mean like with the CIA, with that lady from Cuba, like they interviewed her and they knew that she was shady, but they were like, "Mm," they still didn't want to push it because they weren't a hundred percent. Even though the one guy was like, she's shady. He didn't push it any further because no one else was on board. I feel like the book was also saying, you need other people to back your, if you're going to go against the default, the truth. I think you, you need more courage from other people that also are not defaulting to the truth in that instance or something. Do you know what I mean? Like there was that, there was the Wall Street, like people said it, but that nobody would go out on a limb by themselves with their assumptions unless they were hiding in the forest with their guns, right? right. It's like all of us looking
2: at you to be like, this is weird, right? Does anyone else think that this person is lying, <laughs> right? But then you ask somebody, you might be like, I think they're lying. But you're like, do you think they're lying? Do you? I wonder if that has
1: to do with homo sapiens, like how that we're like- Back to sapiens. Well, I was thinking
0: back to untamed too. Like when all the guys are like, yes, I'm hungry. I know what I want. And (laughs) all the girls were like, are we hungry? I don't know. Are we eating anyone? (laughs) And so it could be like in that too, like we need to seek- validation and confirmation and it's probably like mayor said also on a spectrum on how much you're like i know that they're lying i'm not gonna say does anyone else think this is weird or you tend to be a like, person that wants to believe the best in people or whatever
3: right like it- in the book the people who stood up and said these people are lying are the ones that were ostracized from society so mm-hmm. that kind of goes back to the sapiens things and what you're saying all of what you're saying And like, I was going to say, I think it's more dangerous
0: on the other side of this coin, where if people maybe falsely believe something about someone and a group mentality is like, and like, you know what I mean? Like, but it is, there's a group enhancement, right? Like the reaction, whether it's accurate or inaccurate is enhanced by the group's participation. Right.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I think so.
0: We're just so interesting as sapiens.
3: I want to go back to that thing when Kim and Leah were talking about, and love, you know, love, like, and then you guys started talking about how people are defaulting to truth when when there's red flags. In my mind, I immediately went to, oh, love, because you want, like, we were talking about wanting to default to truth. So I was like, oh, well, you want to let love in, even if you, like, I was thinking, even if you've been hurt, exactly. I was going the opposite way than you guys of being like, oh, well, you know, even if you get hurt numerous times, you should just still let love in i don't know maybe maybe that's the optimism it's
0: true though that's right that's what you've got to tell people though sometimes some people are like i'm not doing it anymore
2: the holy fool of love ends up alone
4: yeah (laughs) that's correct yeah yeah, and statistically though if you look at marriage let's let's apply that to marriage or at least certain types of marriage i don't know how true these numbers are but that 50 percent divorce rate in canada or something close to
3: that yeah, it's, it's pretty it close, is. it's
4: like 49 to 51. Statistically, should we be defaulting to truth when it comes to marriage? Well, like that it'll work out for me? Statistically, it's a, fi- it's a
0: flip of the coin. It's I feel like long. that's too passive though. You're not just like pull fingers crossed, right? Like you need to vet your partner, you need to know yourself and you have to avoid those landmines of going into a relationship to meet some need from someone else from the outside that you should be getting met from your own inside. And don't, not to mention doing what society tells you you're supposed to do. Hey, how old are you? Better hurry up and get married. Why aren't you married yet? Are you guys getting married? You know, like there's all that too, that factors into it. Mm-hmm. Oh, this so cat, man,
3: cat. <laughs> just a
0: minute. It's just, I'm going to kick her out of no. here. And then she's no. going to do this really loudly and aggressively at the door. Stop no. it.
2: Yes. <laughs> oh, but they're so cute. I know That's them. why I like other people's cats. There's a cat cat in our neighborhood that loves our uh, kids so much that when the door opens, the cat like wanders over and like waits to come see them. I think this is perfect. Our kids kind of have a cat that we don't have to take care of.
1: That's the perfect cat because if we're feeding the cat, then all of a sudden it's love and hate all the time. You're like, oh, you love me. Oh, thank you for snuggling me. Oh, don't bite me. (laughs)
0: they're very particular i only want to be pet for 7.4 seconds (laughs) when will you understand
2: (laughs) right like they're just they're just so difficult
4: yeah they do not
0: default to truth okay guys (laughs) (laughs) they're not transparent you think they're transparent they're like look they love this (laughs) and then your hand is shredded
4: they cannot be trusted
0: (laughs) they are not transparent and they cannot be trusted (laughs) and you're like oh i guess i was Mm -hmm. wrong I guess all that purring was anger.
1: (laughs) Thank you for joining us on this episode of Book Interrupted. If you'd like to see the video highlights from this episode, please go to our YouTube channel, Book Interrupted. You can also find our videos on www.bookinterrupted.com.
4: I do a little something with Kim called Silly Saturdays. Just silly stuff that, you know, you want to check out on a Saturday morning. Or any day of the week for that matter. So go check it out. Check out our blog. It is www.bookinterrupted.com forward slash blog.
1: Bye. Moments you can look forward to on next week's Book Interrupted.
0: It's just like a typo. Like I'm like, how did this guest pass like all your editors? It's on page 149.
2: Whenever you read like a Kafka or something <laughs> like that, you think... Maybe it is all like
3: an illusion. I don't know mm. how they redo that. I'm sure everybody's heard of this experiment. I'm not like, <gasps> ah! <laughs> Okay, okay. <laughs> really like
4: having it? No, but I definitely cry a lot. Literally oh gone. God. And
1: she was like, I didn't even see where you went. The lights went on and you were just gone. Like, exactly. <laughs> Take notes. <Yeah.
5: laughs> Book interrupted. Never forget every
0: child matters.